Hello and welcome to the Teaching for Transformation podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Scott Frizzell, where it is our deep hope to explain and enrich your understanding of Teaching for Transformation at Harding Academy so that you may support your child's spiritual growth. Here at the podcast, we've been kind of exploring what is Teaching for Transformation, how does it intersect with your child. Um, We looked at what are deep hopes, what are through lines. And the last couple of episodes, we've been looking at specific through lines, kind of deep dives. What do they mean? How do we see them in your child's classroom? Uh, Exciting topics like that. So today joining us on the program is Dr. Tim Stafford. Welcome, Dr. Stafford. I prefer Farmer Tim. I'm sorry. Welcome, Farmer Tim. So Farmer Tim is going to talk to us a little bit about what creation keeping looks like at Harding Academy. As the director of Harding Academy's horticulture program, we can definitely see uh, maybe there's some overlap with the idea of creation keeping, uh, but it's not just in our horticulture program, it's it's a value for us everywhere. So Tim, why don't we start out by, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you see create creation keeping uh, in your horticulture program? I will, and let me preface by saying that teaching for transformation, um, the, the through line of creation keeping, uh, presupposes some really important ideas. And one of those, and this is the perspective that I take from day one in my classes, one of those presuppositions is that by and large in our communities, our, our nation, the world, we don't always do a great go- a job at creation keeping. That's something that we neglect. Um, in a variety of ways, a lot of the ways beyond the scope of of, uh, of this podcast today, I expect. But creation keeping is simply uh, being responsible for everything that God has made, uh, beginning with, with ourselves, uh, recognizing that we are God's creation, uh, that we are responsible for the stewardship of our bodies and our minds, Uh, those of our near family, extended family, our community, whether it's church or school um, or the broader city community, we are responsible. And so in no way, being creation keepers, should we ever even consider the idea of doing harm or violence to any of God's creation. In horticulture, in fact, my, my deep hope is that the students will learn to preserve the integrity of their bodies and God's earth by how and what they eat. And that takes some, that takes some thinking. Um, that, that takes some, some ex- exploration um, because not very many people think about what what eating has to do with their own physical health, mental health as well, but what does it have to do with stewardship of of the of the of the planet more broadly? And um, we, the entire year, I really try to integrate um, a responsible farming, garden keeping, uh, local food sourcing. Um, uh, healthy eating habits, uh, along with the ultimate responsibility for observing all of those practices, is that we're doing this because God charged us to do it. 
Thanks, Tim. I'm wondering, I think probably for a lot of our listeners, you know, a horticulture program might not have been an option when they were in school. Um, there's probably some just general curiosity about, you know, what it is the students are learning from you in this class kind of on a day-to-day -day basis. So could you tell us a little, about, a little bit about that, both from kind of a, a what they're doing active work and also kind of what knowledge you're imparting to these kids? Good, good question. Uh, with a two-pronged answer, All right. at this phase of the horticulture program, um, the students are engaging in, in creation at two levels. We're still building infrastructure in the garden. Uh, and that means poles and beams and buildings and, and uh, storage facility and work facility. And they're digging post holes and they're learning how to, they're learning how to, to, to cut a two by four and, and uh, join uh, boards together to create a functional structure. So they're they're creating. Well, and I would imagine that's not a skill that many teenagers today kind of possess coming into your class. Most of them uh, don't know how to push a broom, and I've had to remediate a lot of them on that on that skill. Uh, so no, they don't. And the exciting thing, Scott, is that they love to do this. They love to do those things. Uh, they, they love to, to build things and, and manipulate uh, 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 materials with, with their hands. I mean, it's just so much fun to, to watch, them, watch them do this. M many of them, most of them, for the first time. So that's, that, that's the first prong of, of that answer. The second is, uh, the actual growing of things. Uh, just today, well, this week, the high school group, the middle school group, they have been uh, potting the vegetable seeds and the flower seeds for what we will be transferring into the garden once the weather warms up a little bit. So I, you can't really say that they are creating, but you can say that they have become, in this process, co-creators with God. God put all of, the, all of the DNA and the genetic code and all of that into the seeds, but it falls to the gardener, the farmer, the horticulturalist to create those conditions uh, in which that seed can germinate and grow. And there, of course, is all kinds of Bible for that. I'm thinking specifically of Mark 4, all the other agricultural references that Jesus made to the part that the planter and the farmer, the cultivator, has in moving alongside God in his creation. Um, you know, Mark 4 says the, seed go, the seed's put in the ground by the farmer and it just kind of grows up automatically. Don't know how that happens, <clears throat> but it's all been built in by God. That process is genetically encoded into the, uh, into the, into the plants to do that. But in, unless the farmer is there to plant, to, to prepare the soil prior to that, prepare the soil, put the seed in, in the soil to water, to cultivate, to fertilize. It really is this collaborative, creative um, miracle. Is that too big of a word to, to yeah, use? Yeah. Well, that was perfect, Tim. You kind of walked into my next question here. Um, 
obviously, may, not everyone may know, you know, before directing Harding's horticulture program, you know, you were a, a Bible teacher here. That's your that's your training. That's your bread and butter, right? Um, and I remember one of the first things that got me so excited about the garden program when you proposed it wasn't the garden for the sake of garden or the skill value or the joy the kids might find in it, but the theological import of what you were doing. So I'm kind of wondering, maybe you can explain to us a little bit how how that comes across to your kids. Is that something that y'all talk about in class explicitly? Something you how do, how does that come up in class? Tell us a little bit about that. I I often get inquiries, especially from from the lower school. And in my mind, even though horticulture there, there are horticulture classes in middle school and high school, the real the real bonus here. I mean, the real the real richness to a program like this is for the little ones, um, the you know the the, the K through five. Um, you know, for them, everything is new. Everything is a wonder. Uh, once you get up into teenage years, you're kind of jaded by things. I suppose it's a natural thing. But at that age, they they just love they love it. And um, uh, what was it? I got a re- I got a request recently from 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 Jessica Jones. What was it that they are um, that they are? St- oh, something having to do with. Um, Signs of spring. She emailed me just a few days ago, yeah. and said, "We want to. We want. To, I want to bring my our students over, and um, we're in a signs of spring unit. And of course, uh, you know, uh, horticulture has to do with uh, gardening, whether for food or gardening for, um, you know, the." Um, the 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 sensory pleasures of it, pretty flowers and scents and movement and all that. Um, but <clears throat> when when they come to the garden in a few weeks um, for their uh, to to reinforce uh, what they're trying to teach and signs of spring, everything will just be. Everything will just be busting out all over. I mean, we're just going. We're going to have all the pollinators in the air, and the garden crops will be coming up, and um, the the flowers will be emerging, and and uh, it, it's it will be easy to teach the little ones. Okay, this is um, what you're what you're witnessing here is uh, is God's cycle of life of uh, of of growth and of of uh, thriving and then of um, of of either dying or going going into sleep or dormancy and then the next year it all starts over again. This was this was this was all God's design. That's one thing that comes into my mind. Um, the uh, we and th- again this may be too much like horticulture, but it's easy to talk about um, pollinators, you know, the bees and the butterflies and the birds, and they're, they're necessary for pollinating the plants. The, the, the decomposers in the soil like earthworm, earthworms, but not just earthworms. But I, I keep, uh, and I think it's in our future, it hasn't really risen to the surface yet, but I, you know, I keep waiting for, um, 
I, I keep waiting for either the idea to you know to to emerge in in my mind sometime, or in you know one of the other uh, teachers' minds. Um, you know there are um, uh, there are uh, uh, all kinds of opportunities for for soil analysis for uh, I, I can see ma- I can see mathematic um, uh, applications for for what we're doing for what we're doing up there um, in a big city like Memphis in big cities like Memphis there are what what we've come to refer to as as food deserts um, where people have to would have to catch a bus or uh, or take you know public transportation perhaps or walk a long distance uh, to get what they need um, and even even when they do that I guess what I'm getting at Scott is that there's a lot of food injustice uh, in in big cities like justice seeking yes yes that's what I was that's what I was looking for. There are opportunities to teach justice seeking. Um, there are places in a big city where good, healthy food is not readily available. I mean, there's a fast food place, even in even in the poorly developed pockets of town, where you can get a fast food meal. But but how would you go about getting um, getting a good, healthy spinach uh, salad or fresh carrots? Um, or uh, in a fresh, fresh um, zucchini or or yellow squash uh, that you can go and and eat those in their most in their most um, um, primitive elemental state that, that is raw right out of the garden without all the minerals and vitamins being cooked out of it um, and even I've heard it described many times this way we may not have a we may not have an issue with starvation. I mean, our our big issues in the city of Memphis is the opposite of that. We're dealing with we're dealing with obesity and um, diabetes of different levels. But our our kids are growing up malnourished. They're not they're not getting the the vitamins that they need from natural sources to support all everything that's going on electrically and chemically. And hormonally in their in their bodies, they're they're not getting those. And I'm not a medical doctor, uh, you know. I'm not a nutrition scientist by any means, but to me, it's just a matter of of common sense and tuition that the body needs all that stuff that God put on this planet, the the greens, the vegetables in their natural state. And if we're not getting those, we're missing something somewhere. Well, that was great, Tim. I think you kind of indirectly found your way to what I think is a really important question, which is, I mean, creation keeping is great and important and valuable for horticulture, but it's one of our 10 through lines for the school. You know, it has deep import for us and what we desire to see our students become. Um, And I think you're kind of hitting it that that creation keeping is about more than plants and and food security, right? It's, It's about um, caring for people in our community, for recognizing the Imago Dei in, in those people. It's about issues of justice, right? It's all tied up in there. It's not It's not a, a singular thing that's disconnected. So 
maybe, you know, as we've got parents listening who are really getting interested in teaching for a transformation and want to, to come alongside, what are some ways that you can see these parents coming alongside you or the school in these realms of creation keeping? How can they make creation keeping a priority at their home, make it something that they can do and share with their children so that, you know, we continue to work to collaboratively in this process to create distinctive followers of Christ uh, who will lead our community? Well, I would like all the parents to be aware of what I, I, what I tell my students early on. Um, uh, I try to say, look, I'm, I'm not expecting, nor am I advocating necessarily, all of you making your living by farming. That's, that's going to be for very few people. Um, certainly okay if you decide to go in that direction. And this class, this curriculum will get you kind of facing in that direction if that's the way you think you would like to go. But at minimum, I would, I would like for you, as you grow into adulthood and as you become responsible for your own food decisions, that you will, <clears throat> you will first um, grow, your own, grow your own garden, uh, keep a chicken in your backyard or two, uh, have some food there close by uh, that you can walk on, even if it's just a pot where you're growing a tomato plant. Uh, at, at least, at least you can do that much. Uh, and if not, <clears throat> if not, if you can do that, then maybe you can take the next step and have a, have a larger garden in your backyard or, uh, grandma lives across town. You can help her with one and help her have a source of, of fresh, nutritious food. And then if you can't, if you can't do either of those things, then uh, be aware that there are there are there are local farmers who um, uh, who are farming responsibly, regeneratively. Um, they're showing good good stewardship of God's creation, from whom you can buy your food. Well, thanks, Tim. I just I love how when you describe creation keeping, it is about so much more than plants or animals, the physical world around us, right? It's about everyone that we come into contact with. Um, and that's why it's such a, a vital value for us. Um, it's not just about, you know, we want our students not just to maybe, I don't know, have a tomato plant in their yard, though that'd be great, right? We want them to be living in just community with the city of Memphis and making a difference and how they view every person be influenced by that belief in creation keeping. Um, so thanks for kind of helping walk walk through with us walk through this with us, Tim, so that we can see. Yeah, it's valuable lens for horticulture and life sciences, but really just for our kids as a whole. So that brings a wrap for this episode. Uh, next, we're going to be looking at some more through lines. We're going to have a couple episodes that explore what a flex project is. That's really important. Something really exciting we're going to talk about. So keep listening to learn more about teaching for transformation and how we can partner together uh, for your child's education. 